the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We're here for another hour. I've got a lot on my plate, so I need to get, move through it pretty quick, and I'm going to do my best to do that. SNS Tire and Auto Service, they have three locations on the west side, and they are part of the best car repair shops list that I own and that I have maintained since 1988. They have three locations, Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. They offer a comprehensive line of tires, many different brands, for your car and the reason why that's a good idea is because you can go to SNS they'll look at your tire size and they'll give you good better best pricing so if you're going to turn it in for a lease you might want to just put the lowest end on it or the middle end on it but if you're going to keep it forever you might want to be the top end but they're going to give you that they've got tires from wheelbarrows to tractors and everything in between they can balance your tires they do alignments and suspension work because when they get to see the old tires they can read the tread wear and then you know what's going on so is it an alignment issue is it a balance issue is it a suspension issue so SNS tire west side Peoria, Surprise, or Goodyear, great place to go. i got to talk real quick about the issues with respect to parts. I'm going to tell you some secrets that you're not allowed to tell you, tell anybody else. When I buy Chevrolet parts, depending on where it comes from, I'm going to get a 25 to 30% discount. That doesn't, that doesn't extrapolate to a profit in any way, shape, or form. I'll get, I'll pay 25% or I'll get a 25% discount if he has to go get it from another dealership. I'll get 30% discount if he has it, okay? So on a $200 $100 part, I'll pay 70 for it. The description that you have is 400 versus 80 or 90. Um, there's a problem there. We're not bidding apples to apples because I don't pay $90 for that rotor. If it's truly a $400 rotor, if I get 30% off that, I'm paying $120 less than the 400 In addition to that, it, there's a difference in the parts in every way, shape, or form other than quality, brand, and part number. Let me explain. If you bring your part to me and I install it in your car, then there is no warranty in any way, shape, or form. Three weeks, three months later, the part fails. You bring it back. You have to pay the labor to take it off. I hand it to you. You mail it away. We wait three days until your part comes back. Then you have to pay the labor to reinstall it. And you have to pay shop supplies and environmental charges for that whole process. So it's not the same part. If it's my part, I cover the labor. I cover the sales tax. I cover the shop supplies and environmental charges. And you're in and out in one day instead of being in and out in three or four days. So it's not the same part. It doesn't have a warranty. Um, you, and then here's the ugly part. In my world, 
if you bring, let's say you bring a mass airflow sensor and you hire me to put it on, and then it doesn't fix the problem that you had diagnosed on YouTube over the Internet, I then have to prove to you that my installation wasn't defective. I have to defend my position for free. So I have to go in and diagnose the problem and show you I can fix it. I might have to put on my mass airflow sensor, or it's not even the mass airflow sensor. It's an air leak in the air tubing between, the, uh, air, or between your throttle body and your air filter. So I am obligated to prove to you that my work wasn't defective on installing your part, and that's going to cost me money. And if your part's bad, I have to prove that, and that that's my money. And, and then if there's an accusation that I did something wrong, I have to prove myself. So you can see that there's a big difference. There is a world of difference between a $90 part on the Internet and a $400 list price, even if the shop doubled their cost. If the shop said, I want to double the $200 rotor and charge you $400, there's a problem there. Even then, he paid $200. Even if you think he's going to double his money, he paid $200 for a $400 rotor and you're paying $90. There's a problem there. It is true that I can Google part numbers I install on your car and can find them cheaper. Typically 10 to 15% cheaper, but that's still a three-day a two to three day out of commission time. Your car's going to sit here. Plus, um, it's days that I don't have to because I can access the part here locally. So that's kind of the part issue. Few people buy at the Brian Bracket I do just because of the sheer volume of parts that my shop sells. So when I talk about discounts, there's guys out there that are in the 10 and 15% when I'm in the 25 to 35% because they spend $200 a month and I spend $5,000 a month at a particular place. I think we spend in the vicinity of 50 to 60, maybe $70,000 a month in parts. And I'm extrapolating that to half of the labor, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, so whatever our gross is for the... So so if we have a, a $200,000 a month, these are just stupid numbers. It's easy for me to do the math. $200,000 part or $200,000 a month, it's basically half parts and half labor. So mm-hmm. if it's half parts at 100000 then that means that we're going to spend for those parts sixty or 70000 bucks for those parts. Right. So that's kind of how it works. And so that addresses Rick's issue with respect to parts. I still think that in Rick's particular issue, he just needs to drive it a little bit more violently. I think if he just stops... Stops a little bit more violently. Yes. Okay. S- stops a little bit. I mean, just just don't, don't coast into a stop. Just right. wait till the last 10 feet and try not to hit the guy in front of you. Okay, Art, thank you for holding as long as you have. Art, how can I help you? Hi, Mark. Uh, I have a 96 Cutlass Sierra that has a P304 treble code um, misfire in cylinder number four that I've been trying to diagnose. Okay. Well, let's um, let's. I, I don't. Have, I don't need you to tell me what you've done because all the things that you've done haven't fixed it. And so to, to rehash that is just a, a way. I don't want to use your diagnosis. Let me just tell you. I know for sure that you didn't swap three and four spark plugs, and if you would have done that, if it would have been a spark plug problem, it would have moved to the other cylinder, and that would have told you. You could switch coils, or you could switch spark plug wires, depending on whether you got coil over ignition or whether you got a distributor. And, and you said it was a 90s model, so it's probably got a distributor. The idea is is that we're going to switch coils, 
So if, if we're going to switch a coil out of four, then we're going to switch it with six. And we're going to put six on the four. We're going to see if it moves. We're also going to look at the cylinder contribution, something that you can't do because you don't have a $10,000 piece of equipment. So we're going to go in and we're going to kill each, have the computer kill each cylinder. And as we kill each cylinder, we lose a 100 RPM drop. When we kill that cylinder, we only lose 10. We have a compression problem in that cylinder. We've got a valve that's stuck open. We've got something wrong in the cylinder. That's a mechanical issue that all the spark plugs in the world aren't going to fix. In addition to that, that particular number four cylinder may be sitting adjacent to the EGR valve, and maybe the EGR valve isn't closed all the way. That creates a vacuum leak. The vacuum leak causes a cylinder contribution problem because that cylinder is getting too much air and not enough fuel, so it's not participating as it should. Then we look at fuel trim. And the fuel trim all of a sudden has gone crazy to the lean side, which means we don't have enough fuel. Then we look and we find out that the, the, um, the sp uh, fuel filter is plug solid. But that would pretty much cover a lot more than just one cylinder. But on that runner on your intake that feeds number four cylinder, there can be vacuum ports on that, and the other end of that hose can become disconnected, which causes that cylinder to run lean. The computer's simply telling you that there's something wrong with cylinder four, I think. I think. It could be a vacuum lead that services four and five, and it's actually affecting both of them. But if it's a vacuum leak, which we find many times it is, the spark plugs and the wires and all that stuff isn't going to help it. So you need professional help for your car, for your car. And I think that the diagnostic on a P uh, on an 04 code for cylinder number four in your car, especially if it's a 90s model, I think the diagnostic code is going to be somewhere between uh, as low as 50 bucks all the way up to 85 or 100. But that's what's, what you're going to have to do because guessing is just a, a huge waste of money. I know that I don't know how much you've spent. Can you tell me how much you've spent so far? I've spent nothing so far. I've done everything that you just talked about. I swapped plug wires. I did not swap plugs. Uh, I swapped coil packs, and everything just stays at four. It never travels with whatever I've swapped. And each time you do that, you clear the code? I clear the code, and a couple hours later, boom, it pops back up. Okay. Well, I want to tell you, my life is full of these kinds of stories, as you can well imagine, because I've been on the radio for you know, 20, 30 years. And when people tell me they've done everything I said, I'm just giving you examples of what's going on. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of other problems. You haven't swapped injectors. I don't know if you have an injector for each cylinder or if you have a throttle body, but the throttle no, body... A year ago, I uh, had a plugged injector, and so I, I uh, changed out all six of them. Okay. Well, this conversation kind of starts and ends in the same way. I say this, you say I checked it. I say do this, you say I've done <laughs> it. And so when we do that, we don't ever make any progress. I can't diagnose your car looking at it through your eyes. That ain't never going to happen. I diagnose off symptoms. So I don't. I can't help you. All I can tell you is, is I think... Um, you would probably be better served by having somebody else diagnose it that has the necessary equipment to do it. So good luck to you, Art. God bless you, buddy. Greg, you're up next. How can I help you, Greg? Greg? You there? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Are you there? Oh, okay. Need to uh, access your gray haired wisdom bank, sir. Um, have a 96 Intrepid, and it's been sitting for about six years. Okay, hold on just a minute. Are, if, uh, hold on. Are you on Bluetooth or something? No, sir. Okay, I'm a, I, I have a bad I, Okay, you're you're breaking up, and I just didn't know if you were talking to me through a speaker or something. Go ahead. No. 
Um, I have a 96 Intrepid and been sitting for about six years. Um, and I went to start it up and plus the fuel pump is bad. So we put a fuel pump in and we did get it fired up, but I have fuel, raw fuel, pouring out of the exhaust. We're not talking about a little, we're talking about a lot. Um, I thought it may have been fuel pressure regulated, so I disconnected the vacuum hose at the manifold. Um, and I did have a small amount of fuel coming back from out of the manifold to the vacuum port, but nothing coming out of the vacuum uh, line that uh, controlled the uh, pressure regulator. Um, have you heard of this before? Well, I don't think you tested it appropriately. Um, Probably you, not. Okay, did you pull the vacuum line off of the fuel pressure regulator? Uh, yes, I pulled the vacuum line where it goes into the uh, the intake, no. which goes directly no. from the... No. Did you pull the vacuum line directly off the fuel pressure regulator? No, I did not. I pulled the other end of the vacuum line. Okay, well, there's... Did you find gasoline on the other end? You said you saw that it was pouring out. Describe that. What you saw, it's something about gas pouring out or something. Not the tailpipe, but you said something else. Yeah, when I pulled the uh, the other end of the vacuum line for the fuel pressure regulator where it goes into the uh, the intake, okay. there was some a small amount of fuel that poured back out of the intake. Okay, it didn't well. come out of the vacuum line. Right. <laughs> so. Well, that's, it's, it's the fuel pressure regulator. Okay, well, then we'll put a fuel pressure regulator in it. Well, I'm, I'm working off your eyes now. The, the vacuum line is for vacuum. There should be no fuel anywhere near the vacuum. On one side right. of the diaphragm in the fuel pressure regulator is vacuum. On the other side is fuel. So depending on whether there's an abundance of vacuum or the lack of vacuum, that diaphragm opens and closes the orifice for the return. So the fuel pressure regulator is at the end of the loop. And so when it closes the gate, we build fuel pressure to the injectors. When the gate opens up, we lose fuel pressure to the injectors. So this is happening all the time. The diaphragm on your fuel pressure regulator is bad, and it's allowing it to suck raw fuel from that circuit directly into your intake, and that's the reason why you got fuel coming out of your tailpipe. You can take this diagnosis to the bank that you have a bad fuel pressure regulator, and here's my caveat. Based on what you're telling me, <laughs> then you better replace that fuel pressure regulator, and that will take care of your problem. All right, got to take a break. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Lines are wide open, and we'll take your call. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. The year is 1963. 
and the famous British author C.S. Lewis is hosting a group of American writers at his home near Oxford, recalling the people and events that shaped his life. His fascinating stories captivate them. With spontaneous humor and engaging wit, C.S. highlights why he nearly abandoned the Narnia Chronicles, how he came to embrace Christianity, and the American woman who turned his life upside down. Want to go back and experience this night for yourself? Come enjoy An Evening with C.S. Lewis, an enthralling theatrical experience by actor David Payne, described as extraordinary, a must-see. Come discover the impact of one of the 20th century's literary giants. This funny and heartwarming evening will bring you closer to the man who wrote classics like The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. Two Phoenix shows at Living Streams Church on March 15th, 7 p.m. and Generation Church, Awatuki, on March 16th at 7 p.m. For tickets, visit 960thepatriot.com. Hugh Hewitt in the morning to Larry Elder at night with the best live show in the Valley at 3 p.m. with Seth and Chris. The only conservative station in the Valley. 960 The Patriot. Hashtag I'm with the Patriot. Patriot app tip number one. Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming our live programs, you can access all Patriot podcasts. Click on the upper left-hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to go straight to the callers. Oh, i got to tell you real quick about Larry Harkers. I'll tell you why Larry Harkers is a great guy to have on my list. is because Bob there is a diagnostician extraordinaire. I have sent cars to him because of geographical issues, because the customer lived closer to 38th Avenue and Indian School than they did to South Tempe. So I've sent people to him, and every single time he's pulled the rabbit out of his proverbial hat. And I know that because I usually follow up with the customer, or the customer inevitably, if they're happy, they get back with me to tell me they're happy. So they've been around since 1967. Ellen, uh, Bob's wife, runs the front, and Bob runs the shop. They're, they do auto electrical work, brake service, auto emissions, vehicle maintenance, all the normal stuff. But if every time you turn on the turn signals, the windshield wipers flap and nobody else can fix it, Bob can at Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, thank you for holding as long as you did. How can I help you? Uh, Mark, I have a 2005 Grand Cherokee uh, limited with a uh, 5.7 Hemi motor in it that I just bought and drove 100 miles prior to taking it up to Lake Tahoe this past uh, Wednesday, where the engine light came on, and I believe it's regarding the transmission where it will not let it go into overdrive. Now, I had to drive 750 miles to the line on because I couldn't find any issues with the transmission fluid or uh, any spell in the transmission, and it drove fine, but instead of being in P, it was in 3 on the transmission uh, level uh, for here. Now, is that an issue? Well, if the fluid's not burnt, then no, you dodged a bullet. The question here is, is it's real simple. Did we go into overdrive, yes or no, and did the computer see that we went into overdrive, yes or no? And as you can imagine, we can go into overdrive, but the computer doesn't see it. Well, I saw it in the tachometer. So when I was driving 70 miles an hour, I was running about 21 to 2,000 RPM. When I stopped and did my investigation and then, you know, turned the motor off, turned everything back on, and got back on the road when I thought everything was safe, it would never go past uh, uh, transmission level 3, and the RPMs ran higher, which was around 3,000. 
Okay. All right. At 70 miles an hour. It still doesn't answer the question, did it go into gear and the, tra- and the computer didn't see it, or did it stay there and the computer is seeing it or is not seeing it? That's what has to happen first. If the, if, I can't explain the tachometer because I don't know what kind of a load you were at. And the Prindle, you're, caught, you're talking about the Prindle. The Prindle is the little window that says park, reverse, neutral, drive one, drive two, drive three. That, that's just a, it, the name in the 1970s that stuck with that little window is the, called the Prindle window. It tells us okay. what, what gear you're in. Um, if, if you lost the overdrive, the ability for overdrive, if your brake light switch is stuck on, it will cancel overdrive. There's lots of ancillary and parameter issues that may or may not Call, call the uh, call the transmission to either apply or don't apply. It also could be some kind of a bad connection where it's trying to apply the overdrive, but it can't. What part of town do you live in? Well, I live in Peoria, but I have a job in Lake Tahoe that I took the vehicle up this past Wednesday on, left it there, and then flew home. And okay. because I drove it in the blizzard on Thursday, I left it at the airport and flew home yesterday. Okay. Uh, but no, again, the transmission never gets hot. The fluid's fine. Uh, it just never goes into overdrive. Um, okay. So I just but see, what you're telling me, though, what you're telling me is kind of different than what I'm used to. If I'm running north of 3,000 RPM and I'm doing 70 miles an hour and I'm not in overdrive, I'm going to overheat the fluid. It's not really designed to run at sustained speeds at 3,000 RPM, or at least I would assume that I would have some smell to the fluid. I am concerned, and I think that you have... A, an RPM problem, which would suggest that you have a gear problem. I understand that. Your tachometer tells me everything. That's a wonderful symptom that you've given me. But I can't fix your car over the phone. I can tell you that I'd make sure the brake light switch isn't stuck on, but it, if it was stuck on, it would have been dead after you let it sit for a day. So if you get back and it's dead, then, yeah, maybe the brake lights have stuck on. I can't explain well, why you cycled the key, and it's, after you cycled the key, we went from, whatever you said, 16 or 1,700 RPM up to 3,000 or just close to 3,000. I can't explain that. I don't think it's necessary to explain it because I can explain it after the truck is fixed, after your Jeep is fixed. So fix it first, and then we can explain why you had some of these symptoms. The only thing I can tell you is is you need to find a good transmission shop in Las Vegas and have them look at it, or Lake Tahoe, I'm sorry, in Lake Tahoe, and have them look at it. And how I would do that is I would call a couple of parts stores, and I would say to them, I'm from out of town, and I'm looking for somebody to help me diagnose an overdrive problem or a parent overdrive problem in my Jeep, uh, Hemi Motor Jeep. Who do you trust to work on your cars? And you might even ask for, like, the general manager of the parts store, who is the guy that you would trust? And he's usually going to tell you the guy who returns the parts the least. There's shops out there that order a part and return it, order a part and return it, and they're just swapping parts to try to fix it. The guys that really diagnose cars, they don't do that. You can also look on the website of the Automatic Transmission Rebuilders Association, ATRA, and they're going to have a shop in Lake Tahoe that will help you. And those guys are typically the top end of our industry. They're in the top 80%, or the top 20% of the 80%. But thank you, Jerry. Good luck to you, buddy. Gina, you're up next. How can I help you, Gina? Hi, Mark. Love the show. Okay, I got one problem fixed. Now I got another problem. Okay. Uh, A month after my tune-up is fine, and two weeks after my oil change, now it's like click, click, nothing, click, click, start. Now I don't even think I get a click. I was able to start it. Um, My 
alternators, uh, all those other alternators good, stars good, batteries good. But okay. it's like nothing. Okay. All right, well. So I did get started, but it takes a while. Okay. No. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not possible that somebody's going to tell you that the alternator's good, the battery's good, and the uh, starter's good. Um, because this is, is, is a low voltage situation. The click is a low voltage situation. So battery and alternator and starter all have to do with that. Um, it's, it's not, it's a foolish idea to tell everybody to fix your car, but the starter and the alternator and the battery are all okay. Cause one of them isn't. Now, here, here's what's important. You need to turn the headlights on every time you start the car and park in an area where you can see the reflection of a headlight against a wall or against the front of your garage or your garage door. Turn on your headlight. Just go to MarkSalem.com and print out FAQ 28. FAQ 28 describes you watching the headlights and what the headlights do will help us diagnose your problem. But if I had to guess, I would say that I'm going to be 75% of the time right. It's going to be the solenoid that sits on the starter. And if that's the case, depending on the mileage of your car, I wouldn't want to go in and just do the solenoid. I would want to do the starter and solenoid together. And so if you want a wild guess from Mark Salem, the fact that it hasn't died and you haven't had to jump start it tells me it's not the alternator. It could very well be the battery because the starter needs 9.5 volts in order to start the crank over and turn the motor over. And so if you get 8, all you're going to get is a click because 8 volts will activate the solenoid, but 8 volts won't spin the starter motor. So we have two things going on there. The solenoid says, okay, starter, here's electricity. You turn the car over. But if the solenoid has electricity enough to talk and it tells the starter to move and the starter says, no, you're only giving me 8 volts and I need 9.5. So you really need to be involved in this. But if you go to MarkSalem.com and click um, FAQ 28, I think that procedure, if you can follow that, and all it is is watching the intensity of the headlights. Are the headlights white and bright? Are they yellow? And when it clicks, do they the lights completely go out? That's what it's all about, FAQ 28. We'll be back talking about cars right after this. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. 
Sherry with Professional Escrow Resources is with me again. Sherry, what do you do? Well, for people that own real estate and want to do something post-closing with their property, such as transfer it to their trust, add a beneficiary in the event of their death, add a spouse do a, a lot split or combine parcels, anything that is done post-closing, we can help you with. All right. I'm reading here that you also prepare documents to secure loans, such as promissory notes and agreements for sale. You also prepare and record the document that will secure the lien, such as a mortgage, deed of trust. And you also prepare modifications or assignments to these documents, and if desired, assist in setting up the collection services with an account servicing company of their choice. Yes, great. Why professional escrow resources? We're going to help make it easy for you. Call 602-DOC-EASY. That's 602-362-3279 or online at docprepper.com. Call 602-DOC-EASY today. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. You don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 33 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. We have two callers online, but we have three open lines available. Strictly Diesel and Service and Repair is a Better Business Bureau, A-plus rated shop. They work on diesels, light duty, light truck, foreign and domestic. So if you have a diesel, foreign or domestic, light truck or car, they work on diesels. They're on I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is open Monday through Friday, and they sell parts 24 hours a day at their website. So you can get more information from my Best Car Repair Shops list under the diesel setting, but you can also just go to Strictly Diesel's website and see what kind of parts that they have. So if you're looking to dress your diesel up, make it a little faster or whatever, they've got those kinds of things on their website. That's Strictly Diesel. All right, we're going to go to the phones. Hector, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Um, I have a... 2000 Honda CRV and also a 2000 uh, Nissan Sentra. I'm trying to figure out which one to hold on to. Um, I was wondering, would I be able to take it down to your shop so they could do like a, I guess, a testing or tell me which one would be my best interest to hold on to? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. How many miles has a Honda got on it? Um, 276,000. Okay, and how many miles has the Sentra got on it? That's a good question. I'm thinking 150. It's not even. That's not nearly as much as the the Honda CRV. Okay. Hey, no, I can't tell you. I can't answer your question. Which one to keep? But I want to think out loud in front of you. Okay. 
Um, I, I would wonder how the maintenance bills, not normal maintenance, which is brakes and tire rotations and oil changes, forget that. This is above and beyond maintenance. This is diagnosis and repair a problem. Which one of these two vehicles has been better? Um, that that's something that you can you know answer to yourself. They're both 18 years old. Um, I want to tell you that the 276,000 miles bothers me because it is my opinion that most engines have a life expectancy of about 300,000 miles to 400. I can also tell you that virtually every engine I have ever replaced has been damaged by the nut behind the wheel. So sometimes sometimes women overheat the car. Sometimes the guys think that they can make it another mile with the oil light on. But almost every engine I've replaced has been damaged by the driver. So if you avoid the overheat and you avoid the running them low on oil, then that engine will last a long time. Let me tell you that the end of both of those engines is, is when they start leaking oil because of internal pressure and you start consuming oil because of internal pressure leaking as well as rings going bad. So when you foul a spark plug and it's oil fouled, that's you're close to the end of that engine's life. And there's a good chance you've not had either one of those things happen on either one of these cars. So just based on the mileage alone, I would probably hang on to the Sentra because it's half the age of your CRV. Is your CRV have the um, automatic transmission, the uh, the uh, single-speed automatic transmission. I can, I'm just missing the, missing the word yes. right now. Okay. So yes. um, it has a CVT transmission, a constant velocity transmission. Um, I, I, that would be another reason I'd hang on to the Nissan. Both of their transmissions are expensive, but the Nissan typically has can be rebuilt by a lot of guys in town where the CVT transmission, nobody wants to do anything except take one out of a crate off of a pallet and put it in your car. So of those two there, because of the reasons I've told you, I would hang on to the Sentra. Now, the second question real quick is, is which one does your wife want to hang on to? Well, I bought her a Pilot, so she's good with that. So she oh. just wants me to hold on to one of these other ones. Okay, and who's going to drive the, this car we're talking about? Is that going to be you? Yes, that's it. Okay. I'm the only one that could uh, All right. if I get down on the side of the road. Fair enough, fair enough. And how far do you drive to work and back? How, much, how many miles a year um, do you put on it? 30 miles a day at the most. Okay, 150 times 50. So you're 7,500, 8,000, 9,000 miles a year approximately? Yeah, Okay. about right. All right, well, even if you do if you do 8,000 miles a year, you, how many, you're 130,000 miles away, so eight into that, you're 15. Uh, Wait, what did you say? I'm trying to figure out, at 8,000 miles, how many months is it going to be before he gets from 150 to 276? How many years, you mean? Y- years. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going mean. to be year. a it's, lot of years. You've got a lot of years left on the Sentra because you've done a good job on both of these. You've got a lot of years. Now, at the Sentra, okay. you're going to have a tranny between now, at 150, between now and 200,000. But that's about it. For all the air conditioning you've done, the water pumps you've done, the hoses and belts you've done, you're even. I still say keep the Sentra, and that that advice is free. Okay? And, Pat, thank you so much for your honest advice. <laughs> thank you very much, Hector. Jerry, what can we do for you? Uh, I'm just going to call back, make a call back. On a, I called you about a couple months ago about a what I thought was a lean uh, uh, Colleen Isle, uh, rough idle on a big rain here. Okay. And I did numerous checks on these and couldn't come up with anything. And it all started when the weather got cooler. But I heard some issues, maybe issues in motor mounts, but I thought 70,000 miles, it shouldn't be motor mounts. So, however, I got to checking, and they weren't 
tore loose or anything, but I noticed that you put it in drive, you had the rough idle. Put it in reverse, it was smooth. And I thought, well, this can't be engine problems. So I took a chance and put a set of engine mounts in it, as smooth as a smooth as silk. Smooth as a baby's butt. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, and let me tell you, I- I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you because the test you ran is exactly what you do. And, and and that's a magnificent thing for me to hear from somebody because you put it in drive and we're loading the load mount because one side of the engine has the load and the other side engine has the flex. Yeah. So by going into drive, we're doing the right front. We're testing the right front. Yeah. The vibration's there. The right front's collapsed. You put it in reverse, we're going to lift up off the right front and we're going hit to hard, hit hard on the left front. Yeah. So when we move the motor around by going reverse, neutral, drive, neutral, reverse, neutral, drive, and we move that around and the vibration changes, it's always the mounts. Now, here's the problem. When you go to a lot of shops, they're going to tell you if we do one, we do them all. Yeah. Did, you do, did you do them all? Well, I did both both the engine. I didn't do the transmission mount. Okay, I would have done just what you did. <laughs> I would have, I would have said we can fix one and do it, but fixing one is like putting a new shoe on the right yeah, foot and yeah. a used shoe. But but there is no benefit to taking one mount times four. Yeah, I know. Because well, now we're in the thousand dollar north of thousand dollar range, and that really serves the shop. Yeah. And there's no duplication of labor. So if I do one mount each time, there is no duplication of labor. Almost always, there's no duplication of labor. So there's no real benefit to you doing you or anybody else. So I'm proud of you. I think you did a great job in diagnosis. And if you need a job at a light-duty shop, call me and I'll send well, you somebody. I'm a, I'm a retired mechanic. I was a mechanic for 40 years, so I kind of put my expertise in the in emotion. Yes, there. sir. And but see, however, you're a gray-haired guy. That's what I talk about yeah, is the gray-haired guy. It was a fun job doing that on my driveway out in front of a garage here at 80 uh, years old. <laughs> yeah, well, God bless you. I'm real. I, you know, I, I feel bad by saying I'm proud of you, but I'm proud of you for being a mechanic. I'm proud of you using your skills, and I'm proud of you fixing your cars using common sense. And you didn't get on the Internet and try to YouTube this problem. So thank you very much. Got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Are you in need of a great roofing company but are apprehensive about how to make sure you find one that really is great? Hi, this is Warren from Trades Unlimited. When you call us at 480-483-1775, you can get a free guide that shows you common mistakes made when hiring a roofing contractor and much more. Also, when you call us, you get a roofing company that's been doing jobs right here in the Valley for 24 years, has an A-plus rating at the Better Business Bureau, and zero complaints with the Registrar Contractors. Bottom line, we really can and will help you with your roofing project. So give us a call at 480-483-1775 or check us out on the web at tradesunlimited.com. Again, that's 480-483-1775 or tradesunlimited.com. ROC number 146542. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. As we commemorate the life and ministry of Dr. Billy Graham today, there is much that can and should be said about his legacy. But I also have to speak about him in a very personal way. 
In 1993, when I was elected president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, he indicated he wanted to do whatever he could to help me in the cause of recovering and reforming the school, moving it in a very confessionally, decidedly conservative direction. So I asked him to speak at my inauguration as president of the seminary, and he did. He pointed to the gospel, he pointed to Christ, and he gave an enormous word of affirmation that was invaluable to the great cause of recovering the institution I lead to this day. The best way to honor Billy Graham, I'm confident he'd say, is to preach the gospel he preached. Starting here, starting now. I'm Albert Moeller. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. They just told us right away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of. They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude, and our patients come from all over the world. When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything's been taken care of. We could never repay St. Jude for what they've given us. Because of you. Gracias a ti. Because, because of, of you. you. There is St. Jude. This is NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, and I am proud to support our nation's veterans. Do you know you can get a faster decision on your disability compensation claims by filing an electronic fully developed claim, or e-claim, on e-benefits? Take it from a guy who lives his life in the fast lane. Faster is better. Visit ebenefits.va.gov today to learn more. E-claims. Online VA claims made simple. A message from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Welcome back, everybody. I want to tell you a story about a guy that started working on cars in 1954 in Arizona. His name's Kelly Clark. Him and Rita are friends of my wife, Renee, and I. Kelly is a is one of the most... He's kind. He's a giant man. His hands look like tennis rackets. Rita is tougher than Kelly is times 10. But they know the difference between right and wrong, and they do know the automotive business. They're down to their last shop, which is at 12th Street in Glendale. 12th Street in Glendale, they have ASC-certified technicians. They can cover virtually every inch of your car, truck, or SUV. They're professional, they're honest, they're reliable, and they have fair prices. They're open Monday through Saturday, 12th Street in Glendale. So if you live in that central Phoenix area, you're looking for a good shop, may I suggest 12th Street in Glendale, Kelly Clark Automotive. I'm going to tell a real quick story. We're on the houseboat with Kelly and Rita, right? Yeah. Okay. Rita takes me, not Renee, but she takes me into the bathroom of oh, the of the of, of, of this houseboat. And she says to me, you will not stand. You will sit. Yes. Is that true? Yes. Call it if, I, if I'm telling the Well, like, I wasn't in there, but okay. I've heard the story, so okay. I'm assuming. So the next morning, I wake up, and the only person that's up before me is Rita. She's making coffee, and the kitchen is adjoining the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom, and I take a cup of water, and I lift the toilet seat, and I lift the cup of water about two feet above, and I start pouring the cup of water in the toilet. 
The next thing I know, Rita is going crazy outside the door going, Mark Salem, you sit down. You sit down. So I open up the bathroom door. She sees me pouring the water in there. And she never let me go for the rest of the trip. She was just out to get me. But she's a wonderful lady. Kelly's a wonderful guy. And and together they make a great couple. So when I tell you that he's been around since Jesus was a baby, I'm not BSing you. He has. Yeah. All righty, let's go to the phones. I I know this family for a long time. I can I've known most of my shops for a very long That's time, what but I was I've say. I've yeah. known Kelly longer than anybody. Right. So all right, we're gonna go to Alan. Alan, how can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, just wanted to give you a call back, uh, giving a shout out to uh, Larry Harkers. I don't know if you remember or not, but a couple weeks ago I called on a 2005 FX35, and make a long story short, wasn't running right. Was some type of obvious ignition problem, and another shop told me. It was low compression, and I needed a new motor. And they told me this three times while I tried to debate that we have an ignition problem here, and they just didn't budge off it. So I called you and said, hey, got kind of a problem here, and this is what's going on. I said, would you take your car to Larry Harker to have him fix it? And you said, without uh, hesitation, I would do it. So I went ahead and took it there, and it ended up being a really kind of an oddball problem. But in the end, I think we we got it fixed. It was a... uh, electrical problem where the grounds weren't grounding right, and it ended up being uh, just had a motor mount issue you were talking about. It was the same thing. The motor mount was stretching the ground wire, uh, interfering with the electrical circuits and overheating the coils, and it fried out two sets of coils on that motor. And he replaced the second set of coils on his dime. So okay. uh, I just wanted to, like I said, wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Larry Harker, and uh, thank you again for the recommendation to those guys. They are now on the... Uh, Top of my recommended shops for the west side. Uh, you know, I do a lot of mechanical work on bikes and stuff, and I don't do you. a lot of car stuff in the driveway, so okay. I send them in other shops, and now Larry Harker is the top of where I'm sending people to. Okay, he's got an electrical problem. He did a volt drop test. He was smart enough to know he's got to do that. So he puts his ground on the ground, and he hits all the positives, and if one of them says positive at 12.8 and this one says 9.6, then this circuit is defective. So I either have a bad ground to that circuit or I have a ground back power. Likewise, we put the positive on the positive side of the battery, and we start touching the negative to the engine, the frame, the fenders, the intake manifold, the core support, and every single voltage reading from positive of the battery everywhere we touch the ground better be the same. He clearly found a problem there. That's the first attack. I've told people that that gray-haired son of a gun knows more about cars, (laughs) and you don't even have to wave the proverbial red flag in front of him. He can fix stuff that makes me hide in the bathroom. So I am proud to... The thing about this was, it was one of the intermittent things. They fixed it the first time. It ran great for two days, and all of a sudden, it started missing on one cylinder and then missing on another one, and... Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't an obvious issue. And those, especially electrical problems without, you know, obvious fried wires or broken wires are really hard to track down. So I'm, I'm always impressed when someone can locate an electrical issue like that and, uh, and get it resolved. Well, he, so. what happened is, is he had bad coils. So he replaced yep. them thinking that's going to take care of it when you brought back two of his new coils that had gone bad. Then he says, okay, I got to start at the fundamentals. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thinking what he's thinking, but frankly, he thinks just different than anybody else. 
and he well, just has the fundamental better. knowledge about cars that few other people have. So that's why I tell people, when you get a problem that nobody else can fix, then you got to go to Harker's. But i got to run, but thank you. And i also going to send him a copy of what you just said, because I'm going to cut it out and send it to him, so he'll know that you're a happy camper. i got to go on. Who's next? Hale. Hale. Hale, how are you? What can I do for you? Mark, I've got a 2000 Chevrolet Corvette with a standard engine. Every time I fuel up, I check the oil. Every time I check the oil, it's about a half a quart low. So I was thinking about adding some, but I didn't. I let it sit overnight, checked it overnight, and the oil's at the full mark. So here's my question. When you fuel up, when do you, when do you decide to add oil? Only when it's below the add mark. Only. And, and, but can you do that when you're out on the road, when you're going to San Diego or something? Should the you car? check it? I guess, I guess I don't wait long enough for the oil to drain down. That, that, that's exactly what you're suggesting. The evidence that you're setting on my, t- on my plate in front of me is just exactly that. But when you say it's a half a quart down, are you talking about a half a quart off the full or a half a quart below the, uh, the add? Half a quart off full. No, you never. When you see that oil between half add and full, forget it. Don't worry about it after that. I'm only concerned when you pull the stick and it's below the ad mark. Because, see, that's something that people, they fool me with. That's the reason why I've learned to ask you half a quart off full. Because, see, half a quart off full is halfway between add and full because add and full is a quart. So you're saying you're a half a quart off full. You're right. There is a drain back issue. But we call it the static level. So if you're a quart low then you're going to be a half a quart below the ad, and if you let it sit, you'll come back up to the ad. But when you pull the stick and it's below the ad mark, then you're due for a quart. But I can tell you, you could drive that Corvette under normal conditions with a hot cup of coffee between your legs. You could drive that Corvette to San Diego at the ad mark and be fine. But if you're going to drive like an idiot and have that coffee cup all over your lap, then that that, that would be kind of an iffy. But you could drive to to California with no problem. Thank you, Hale. That was a great question. Thank you. I wondered what the coffee had to do with. Well, it describes how you drive. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for bringing that up because probably some other people missed that too as well. Yeah, well, then you kind of cleared it up but i at first i thought you were going in a okay well different direction which you do many times I do. when i'm talking to you it's like wait we changed subject <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the hard part is is with radio they can't see my hands you know how oh, i wave my hands if you sat on them you couldn't do i this couldn't show. talk <laughs> yeah you couldn't do this show i did get a nice letter Okay. Okay. Uh, Mark, please accept our heartfelt thanks for looking at my husband's 81 El Camino. I, I called you for a recommendation on the show, and I said to the lady, I would like to look at it myself. Right. She was one of those that nobody can fix this, mm-hmm. so I would like to look at it. Um, I told her that there was a shop close by mine mm-hmm. that I would refer to if it happened to be a computer programming. We did look at it. We didn't charge her. Mm-hmm. We did take it down there. They yeah. did fix it. I think the bill was $2,600. They had to remap the computer. They had to t- tell the computer that this was an 81 El Camino with this motor, this fuel injection. That's what I was going to say. It was a bunch of different years, and it was very confusing. It was like having six versions of Windows in your computer. Right. Um, so they repaired it. They were very thorough, and the 81 is running beautifully. We want to tell you how grateful we are for Salem boys looking up, looking at our El Camino, and then referring it to the right shop. Mm-hmm. That's what we're all about. Right. We don't, folks... 
don't let it escape you that I don't talk about my shop other than in generic terms. This show isn't about me or my shop. This show is about our industry. And what I try to do is is, is talk about how we're supposed to act. And then when you tell me that this is what happened, then through your eyes, I'm going to take that as being valid. And at this point, then I'm going to um, tell you that that's really not what industry standards are all about. Few people have the expertise in industry standards that I do. If you're a lawyer, you understand that I've been certified in Superior Court for the state of Arizona to testify about industry standards. I'm also an expert in the auto mechanic industry, and, and I'm an ASE Master Certified Technician. So I am also qualified in court to testify as to that. So the, the, the whole purpose of this show is, is to bring a friendly nature to our industry, to refer you to shops that I have thoroughly vetted. Yeah. There's nobody on my list that's going to take advantage of you. Nobody. And it's just like that gentleman said a few minutes ago that they told him about that. It's, one of them said that he needs an engine. Yeah. And he has dead cylinders and engine. His cost of paying that bogus um, bill. Mm-hmm. And here's the bad news. The bad news is they probably would have fixed the ground when they replaced the motor because the ground goes from the frame to the motor. Right. And so as that motor was moving around, that ground was changing. So when they took the motor out and put it back in, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that that would have fixed it. But that's not what he needed. Right. So the second opinion is something I want to drive home to you. I want you to know that when you get the engine, then I need you to, to, to get a second opinion. I'll tell you a quick story. Oh, I was going to say even, you know, less, maybe $1,000 or whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. Always get a second opinion because we find a lot of people have been told something and then you go in and it's a minor problem a lot of times. We talking about our shops because right. they tell us the same thing. They'll right. call us and they'll say, hey, Mark, hey, Renee, this is what happened. This is what they came in. This worked out. A guy took a, his differential into a shop that I'd never heard of before, mm-hmm. and he said he had an oil leak in the differential. It needed a front pinion seal. They did the pinion seal. Shortly thereafter, he had a noise, and he described it this way. Every time the rear wheels were running, I had a noise. Mm -hmm. Then he took it back, and they said, oh, the whole rear end's gone bad. We told you that that might happen. So they did uh, 900 and some odd dollars worth of work to it. They gave it back to him. He had exactly the same noise. It didn't change no matter what. Mm -hmm. And they told him they had put new gears in it. This differential came to us. We opened it up and found out clearly there's not new parts in this. Mm-hmm. There was one or two, but there wasn't seven or eight. Right. We also found that the pinion had been torqued to well past 150 pounds of torque, and it really should have been at 20 pounds of torque. They had pulled so hard on the pinion that they had wiped out the ring and pinion, and the ring and pinion were not new like they represented. Mm-hmm. I think the bill at our place was 23 24 Hundred dollars, yeah. twenty five, twenty six, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. We had to replace the ring and pinion, all the bearings, all the seals, everything. The only thing we didn't do is the axle bearings. We gave it back to him. We said, "Drive it." If we didn't fix it, just keep on driving. Don't even come back. Mm-hmm. So we fixed it, and then he went to the shop, and they said to him, "Well, you didn't let us have a chance to fix it." And he said, "You had two chances." He says, "I went in for an oil leak. You gave me a noise." You charge me to fix it the first time. You charge me to fix it the second time. And you think I'm going to bring it back for the third time? Mm-hmm. So they have just avoided that. Here's the bad news. The bad news is is now he's turned it over to his insurance company. Now his insurance company is going to go after the shop because technically, not technically, truthfully, the shop damaged his car. Right. The shop damaged his car. And the proof, 
the proof is in the parts that we gave him back. He has all the old parts. Yeah. So this, now the insurance company is going to put him back whole, and they're going to pay, probably pay our bill. Then they're going to sue the shop for the money, and that shop will go out of business. And when that happens, that's one of the shops that should have gone out of business when this happens. Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of things that my life fills up with. And there's other good things. You know, I have horses and cows, and and then I have my family and my kids who drive me crazy, but not nearly as bad as my wife. Yeah, that's right. So they can go to Best Car Repair Shops at MarkSalem.com and find good shops that we recommend and we have for a long time since 1988 and also here's my promise if a shop doesn't perform as the better business bureau tells them to and they're supposed to give you money or fix your car and they don't i will up to five thousand dollars that's written on our website five thousand dollars i got you covered if they don't provide i'll see you next week three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.